While not everyone is called to be a capital L leader, everyone is called to influence other people spiritually. Hey, my name is Gabe Kolstad, and this is the midweek motivation episode of the Westside Podcast. We, on Sunday at our church, Westside Community Church, we talked about your number one threat, which turns out to be bad leadership, you know, corrupt leadership. We see plenty of that in our world, don't we? And we spoke a little bit about what happens when we, you know, become influenced by somebody who is corrupt or is, you know, not well-intentioned, not ready for leadership, the character's not there. Uh, Around the world, we're seeing right now devastating effects of corrupt leadership. And I want to talk today about leading others spiritually, because it is a responsibility that you have as not only a human being, but especially if you're a follower of Jesus, he's called us to such a thing. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he said, follow me as I follow Christ, or imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I know that's a scary thought, because we would all look at that and say, uh, man, I don't know if I'm doing such a great job, and uh, I'm, I'm scared about people looking too close. But uh, the truth is, is a leader is somebody who's one step ahead. So I think we can relax a little bit about our definition of what spiritual leadership or leading others spiritually looks like. Uh, I I want to just kind of point out that every one of us, if you're listening uh, on a podcast, if you're watching a YouTube, um, if you're checking this out sometime far into the future, we've all been influenced by somebody. And you might pause for a second and ask yourself the question, who influenced you spiritually? Who has moved you in your life and your relationship with God closer? You know, maybe maybe by being a good example by caring in some way, by doing something that was very sacrificial, that had an impact on you. I want to ask you the question, what if they said no? What if when God tapped them on the shoulder, you know, they were like, no, I'm too scared, or maybe they were too self-involved, and they said no. You know, for me, that would have been devastating. There was a guy in my, you know, teenage years who, his name was Steve Morrow, he's my, my youth pastor, And Steve, if you're listening to this, I continue to be so grateful for the impact you had on my life. Steve made room for me in this growing youth group at the church that my family was attending. Um, He paused to recognize opportunities, and he let students plug into these opportunities, and he let us do crazy things, and he encouraged us, and him and his wife always had us over at their house, and we ate all their food, and can't even imagine how expensive that was in hindsight, but... Steve, you made such a difference in my life. I'm so grateful that you said yes and not no. And it makes me want to be the kind of person that looks for those opportunities and continues to say yes to God. You might be wondering, how in the world do you lead someone spiritually? And I always like to go back to, especially with stuff like this, back to the example of Jesus. The Bible says in Luke 2, verse 52, it says that he grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and in favor with people that he, he grew in those four ways. And so I want to break those down a little bit, but um, just kind of want to mention that to lead others, we first have to lead ourselves, and that's where it all begins. That's why I want to kind of walk through these four components of how Jesus personally grew, and then he ended up leading, you know, the whole world in those four things. Um, so the first one is wisdom. Wisdom is not just knowledge. We know that. It is applied knowledge. It is knowledge applied. It is a.k.a. growth, the idea that we'd be moving forward in life. Jesus grew in that way. And I want to ask you the question, how are you growing in your personal life right now? 
And if you're not really sure, I want to encourage you to create a personal growth plan. That plan could uh, be kind of the thing that would be maybe a one-year plan where you back up and you go, what are the areas I want to grow in? I personally do this uh, every year. I just pause and I ask myself, what are the ways I want to learn this year? So I create a learning plan specifically for myself and I identify the themes. And then I, I say, okay, if I want to learn to maybe you know manage my finances better this year, maybe that's one way I want to grow this year. Maybe it is I, I want to learn to ask people better questions in conversations this year. Maybe it is, uh, I want to learn more about fathering adult children this year. Or for you, maybe it's, you know, parenting preschoolers or whatever your thing is. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's uh, your career path. And, you know, what are the places you really want to grow? You can create something that I, I focus in on three or four learning themes a year. And then I just go find resources that match those needs. And so you read what you need. You learn what you need. And maybe it's a conference or a YouTube video or a, an online course or a book, an audio book, uh, a podcast. There's all these resources that we have access to, many of them for free. And you could just go build your own personal curriculum and library of things that you want to use then to say the next 12 months, this is how I want to grow. You might not think of that as leading others spiritually, but I can't tell you how important it is to be establishing what it looks like to be following in the footsteps of Jesus who grew in wisdom. And we can grow in wisdom as well. Second piece to that is that he grew in stature, which meant his physical, his body, right? His physical life. And um, that's a, an interesting place because sometimes we separate our physical and our spiritual and we go, well, God cares more about our spirits than our bodies. But God is always asking us uh, to take care of our bodies and to be stewards of our bodies. And so I like these couple of quotes. One says, our bodies and souls are so closely linked together that they catch each other's diseases. How true that is and how important it is for you and me to to take you know stock of like, well, how is my physical life going right now? Um, if we're going to love God with all our strength, which the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your strength. If we're going to do that, then we have to have some. We have to have some strength. So we got to build it. And uh, so what about your physical life? And if you aren't sure it's as good as it could be, well, create a health plan. You know, find a way to increase your personal physical health. You can do that by setting some goals. And again, I'd go back and say, well, let's pause for a minute and make some lists. What are some ways you want to get physically stronger? Maybe for you, it's about, you know, um, sleeping better. Or maybe it's about eating better. Maybe it's about um, exercising, moving more. Maybe you, you know, you've got a, a weight goal or a, a, a fitness goal, like a strength goal, or maybe for you, you've got a, a, a challenge goal of something that you want to do, you want to accomplish something, you want to climb a big mountain, or you want to do something like that. Um, but you can set some goals and then you can go like, okay, well, now what are the steps for me to get there? Now, for me, when it comes to this one, I'm always confessing, this is maybe my weakest place in life, just because I don't know why. I just, I just, I really struggle in this area of physical exercise and these kinds of things. And so I always have to have a partner or a coach, you know, somebody who's a catalyst to help me. I know it sounds kind of weak, but the truth is, is I am so much more consistent when my wife and I are in a rhythm of exercising together because she's more consistent than me. So she sort of pulls me forward. Um, or at some point in my life, I had a jogging buddy. And that was like the most consistent jogging I ever did. You know, just because there's somebody that, that's you, holding you accountable, so to speak. 
So for me in this area, I find it exceedingly helpful um, to find a partner that can stimulate, you know, and, and continue to encourage me in this. Uh, he also grew not only in wisdom and in stature. It says in the Bible that in Luke two fifty two that Jesus grew in favor with God, meaning a warm and loving and healthy relationship with God. And that might be like, well, yeah, duh, he was God, right? Well, I mean, Jesus was God in the flesh, which means that he was fully God and fully human. We we learn in the New Testament that Jesus laid down all of those glorious powers that he had before he was born. Uh, as the, the Virgin uh, Mary gave birth to Jesus, he was born as a baby, um, but he existed before then with great glorious power as part of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And the Bible teaches us he laid down those powers so that he could come as a fully human man, still being fully God. I know it's a mystery. It always has been. But what we know is um, he grew then in his relationship with God the Father. And um, he demonstrates for us how to do that. You know, the question would be, how's your spiritual life going? How do you feel about your connection with your creator right now? If you want it to be stronger, if it's not as great as it could be, we're still pretty early in the year, As if you're listening to this as we're releasing it, and you have most of the year left of 2022, you can jump in right now and be like, okay, I'm going to create a spiritual growth plan. And I want to just mention a few things that you could be doing in that spiritual growth camp. Because if you looked at the, the life of Jesus, you know, he had some pretty th- consistent things he did to maintain and grow that connection with his creator. Uh, well, in his case, it was his father. Um, but the one is the Bible. And that's a, a pretty obvious thing if you're a follower of Jesus, but it might not be. Maybe for you, you're like, okay, the Bible, you know, what would I do? Well, you could, you could, you could read and interact with scripture regularly. Not only on your own with things like the Bible app that I hope you have on your phone, because it's just an absolutely fantastic tool. Hundreds of millions of people have downloaded it, so uh, don't miss out. But also in community. You know, something about interacting with the Bible in community is powerful. So you got to find a crew and then interact with Scripture with that crew. I guarantee you, if you start doing that, you are going to feel closer to God. And then in prayer, the Bible, New Testament shows us all over the place, Jesus kind of wandering off by himself to pray. He found solitary places, even in as in demand as he was. He made sure he found solitary places to pray, to get alone with God and communicate, commune with God. Jesus also did something that we're, you know, just weeks away from Easter. So we're talking about Lent. If you're familiar with the, the Lenten season, it's just this season that comes before Easter. And a lot of people fast it's this discipline of fasting, which means not eating or giving up something. And so a lot of people are going, well, you know, here I'm fasting something for Lent or I'm fasting from food for a certain period of time. My wife and I are kicking off this Friday a, uh, a what's called a Daniel fast. Google that. Uh, 21 days where we're going to eat no pleasant food. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? But there's something about when you give up the nicer things in life, you know, that T-bone steak, if that's your thing, or, you know, bacon and eggs, or for you, you know, a milkshake or whatever, you give those things up and um, you're able then to focus more of your attention on God. And and that's why we do that. And Jesus did that all the time. He was a, he was a man of fasting and he taught us what it, what it looked like, you know, to really focus in on God. Obviously, getting in community, you know, having having close 
friends who are also following Jesus, who are also spiritual people. This is how we lead others, as they watch our example, serving, you know, using your time, talents, treasures uh, to make a difference in the world and sharing the message of the hope that God has given you. These are things that, this is how you lead others spiritually. You might look at that and be like, well, that's just me doing my life. I'm telling you, that is the bigger part of leadership uh, when you ask anybody. And uh, these are things that you can just start to say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead others spiritually by you know, growing in wisdom, growing in stature, growing in favor with God. And then the last one that Jesus grew in was favor with people. This is really actually where what you might think of as leadership or influence comes in because now we're talking about your relationships. You know, if we have a warm and healthy relationship with God, we also want to have a warm and healthy relationship with the people that God has given us in our lives. And what we know is self-leadership paves the way to leading others. So how are your relationships? And if you feel like right now you've got some that are healthy, some that are not, you're probably very normal. Um, but if you've got places and people in your life that you could say, I I think I could improve these things, or, you know, I've got an opportunity here. I've got a a warm contact. I've got a real, you know, connection with these people. And yet I'm not sure where they are spiritually. Maybe I can have an influence on them. I'm so thankful that Steve, my youth pastor did that for me. And here's a couple of things. If you want to create an influence plan in your life, I want to to challenge you to do a couple of things. One, look over your shoulder. Who is following you? Because you probably have more people on that list than you realized. So look over your shoulder and make a decision. I will spiritually influence these people because God has put you in their life to do just that. And, uh, and you can do that. The other thing is find ways to serve and love these people in your circle. Once you know who they are, now what about texting them an encouraging word? What about sending them a note of encouragement? What about asking them out to lunch? What about you know bringing them along with you somewhere where you're going to do something important and they can learn by watching you? Um, make time for them is so important. We know that there's only one way to grow relationships, really, and it's T-I-M-E. <laughs> it's time. You can't do it fast. Um, you got to really invest some time in them and they'll appreciate it. Pray for them. You know, make, make it a point. Do you pray for the people that you want to influence spiritually? Because that'll change a lot. You'll be surprised how much will start changing if you'll do that. I would say show them what it looks like to love God and love people. Uh, that's such a gift that we can give to people if we want to lead them spiritually. You know, we're coming out of this message that we taught on Sunday about um, bad leadership. We want to be good leadership. Uh, Here's one more thing that I think could be a big difference maker. We call it at our church, we call it I see in you conversations. In other words, you're saying, I see something in you that God has put there and it's special and I want to call it out. I want to recognize it and I want to fan the flame on that thing that God could use you in a special way. God has a special call on your life. God has gifted you in some special way. You're, You're uniquely good at something. And you can say to somebody, I see in you this thing. And when you do that, you are leading them spiritually because you're helping them to discover their gifts. That's probably the greatest thing that Steve did for me. Steve Morrow, he, he pointed out to me, he said, here's something I see in you. And I didn't see it in myself. And as soon as I realized that, I was like, well, what do I do? And then he became my advocate, man. He was my cheerleader. You could be that for somebody else. 
And you might look at your life and go like, well, you don't understand. I've got so far to go. Don't we all? Aren't there lists and lists of things that we'd all say, oh, I need to change this first. But God doesn't work that way. A leader is somebody who's one step ahead, and you could be that person for somebody else. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope this is helpful to you this week. And I want to encourage you to do two quick things for me, if you would. One, hit that subscribe button right now and make sure you're subscribed to this content. We would love to continue to journey with you. Secondly, we'd love for you to pop by a Westside service sometime, maybe even this weekend. You can just find out more by going to westsidecommunitychurch.com. You can join us online or on site right here at our campus in the Portland, Oregon area. We'd love to see you either way and I hope you have a great week.